Blog Talk Radio. Survivors of Child Abuse. NASCA is a nonprofit organization, and this is its mission statement. We have a single purpose at NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, CSA. Presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And tonight, here with me is Kim, my co-host tonight. Want to say hi, Kim? Hello. Oh, I think I'm still switching over. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. (laughs) My little button is swirling on here still. So I was like, is it going? Yes, it's fine. I see we have another caller. So, yeah, Philip is on with us. Philip is welcome, Philip. Welcome. Okay, well, I'm going to begin by giving out the phone number. This is a call-in show. We would love it if you would call in, as Philip has, to ask questions and contribute comments and tell a little bit about your own story. Um, When you call in, Kim will answer the phone, and so it's not scary. The phone number is 646-595-2. 118. 
I'll repeat that. 646-595-2118. And we hope that you will call in. Um, We have no um, main guest tonight, and so we have come up with a topic to discuss. And our topic tonight is creativity and inspiration among survivors. So if you are a creative survivor, if you're an inspired survivor, if you wish you were, give us a call to talk about this topic or anything you like, anything you need to talk about. Okay, so let's let's get started. Kim, would you like to comment on our topic to get us started? <laughs> Yeah, well, and as we speak, I don't know if this is my biggest creativity thing that I do, but um, I'm making a bow. <laughs> so a I, bow? I think I've, a bow, just a bow, like a bow tie, you know, not a bow tie, but a, a bow to go on a present like oh, okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. but they, this one is going to go on the walker of my son's um, grandpa, grandma. My son's new husband's grandma. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so it's, uh-huh, anyway, okay. it's just a bow to put on the front of a walker So for the wedding. So I'm doing all kinds of wedding stuff. I'm doing bows and flowers and I made a plaque for them that has um, their invitations on it, like the save the date invitations and everything. So I enjoy doing that, and I hadn't done that for a while. And um, because I started kind of doing plaques with my mom, and we would always we'd always do crafts together. And so then when my mom died, it was really kind of hard to get back into that and figure out, you know, how to do all her parts that she used to do. And um, and so I really enjoy doing the plaques. So I think it's a fun way to keep, you know, your invitation, because everybody kind of wants to save their invitation, but they don't really know what to do with it, so, um, you know, you could just play it on your wall, so those, that's probably one of my favorite things. Very nice. That's very nice. Yeah. Let me ask Philip. Philip, do you do anything creative and inspired, or are you inspired? Well, no, I don't have any creative outlets, I, but I have. I do a lot of walking and housework. Well, those are two good things. You like to do housework? I need you to come yeah. visit. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay, I'll visit. I'll be next week. Have you ever tried drawing or anything? Yes, I have, and I, I tried painting, too. Oh, how was that? I'm not that good at it. But my friend Brenda from my meetings, my NA meetings, my friend Brenda is really good at drawing. So you get inspiration okay. from her? Well, not really. Not really? <laughs> you draw different things? Well, I don't draw often. How about music? Well, I used to play a couple of musical instruments. 
But I don't play those anymore. But I listen to music. What did you well, play? Was that in school? The guitar, yeah. the banjo, and the drums. Oh, did you? Wow. Fun. Yeah. I love banjo. I love all of them. But yeah, banjo is a lot of fun. Yeah. And what do you play the Wait, what was that? Why don't you play them now? Well, they were kind of just like forced. I was kind of forced to play them on my top of father. Oh. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't enjoy it a whole lot. It wasn't enjoyable. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever make things thing. like like do woodworking or ceramics or make things, that kind of stuff? I made pottery. I made a bowl one time with some clay. And yeah. I made some, I, I made a plaque. I would burn some letters into a plaque. Nice. That's, nice. That's not easy to do the wood burning. Do you like to do that? Can you get it down pretty good, like letters? Um, not really. It was very unprofessional. That was. <laughs> well, you got to That's okay. You're an artist. You don't have to be professional. <laughs> it's your own style. Yeah. And that's what people well, like about. about this stuff. Yeah, you tell us what you're... <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to say, this is Annie. I was going to say what um, creativity I I enjoy... I enjoy so much that it's like I don't want to work. I just want to paint and I want to draw and I want to do crochet and I want to write. Boy, that should have been number one. (laughs) I should have written that first. But writing to me is kind of like my job. So, But it's still a creative outlet. Um, And everything inspires me. People inspire me to come up with a story or things I see will inspire me to come up with a nice photograph. I I take really good photographs. I have a phone that allows me to. And um, then I do things with those photographs. I used to do a lot of memes and then I would post them on Facebook. But I sort of got out of that habit. But today I made a logo and I'm so proud of myself because I did it on a new software that I had never used before. And, of course, I didn't read the directions. I I just went into it and tried to figure it out. So it probably took me a lot longer than it would have if I'd read the directions. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm very happy with my logo. And so I feel um, like I've done my work for the day. I can relax now. <laughs> And Did you post it on Facebook? No, Did not yet. Your logo? Not live yet. My logo. I should post it on Facebook. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I sent it to a few of my friends. But you know what? I'm not really far enough along in the blog. I think. I think I want to at least write a post before I share it. Because I don't have a post yet. All I have, all I have is the <laughs> website where the blog will show up with my logo oh. on it. So, 
But yeah, it will be coming. So you're writing. You're writing your book. Yes, I'll be writing the book, and I'll be using AI to assist me because that's something I've learned how to do. I recommend learning how to do that. It's an app that I downloaded from the App Store. I think that's where I got it. It's called Chat. G as in girl, P as in Paul, T as in Tom, chat GPT. And you can ask it, write me a 500-word article about hedgehogs and give you an outline for it. And it'll just do it, like, instantly. And, of course, that's not a problem, but you can get get a really good start on what you're going to write on, what article you're going to write on. Yeah, it's really cool. I've been watching videos about how to make money doing blogging. And so that's what I'm hoping to be able to do. People make lots of money on that. I People do. Yeah. I know somebody who um, started making money at blogs before it all was really popular when it was very, very, very infancy stages. And um, Uh she used to write for Disney. She'd write for like Disney World and um, Disneyland and, and she caught some of these big people. And um, today, you know, she's like my age and, and they travel all over the world and, you know, she can blog wherever. Her husband was able to quit his job a few years ago and they travel all over and she just and the makes blog money. Tons of money. And the blog pays for all wow. of it. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not that Have you ever blogged, Kim? Have you ever blogged? Not really. I, no. No, I have a blog on my website, but I don't. Yeah. My son tried to get me to do it, but I think if I have something like this, this chat GPT, yes. then maybe I would be able to get it started a little bit more because I think that's where I stop is that just thinking about where to start. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, I can't yeah, do that. GPT. It, will, it even gives you ideas for topics. If you tell it what you're writing about in general, say beauty, it'll give you topics. Lipstick, mascara, skincare, you know, and it'll it'll, it'll list however many you yeah. tell it to. So it's, it's a lot. Wow. What I've been learning about blogs um, is that AI can help to write them. So. Yeah, I know I've heard creativity people talk, about. talk. Well, that's creative, though. I know. I think that's very creative. Do you ever do any yeah, of that stuff, Philip? On... Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Do you ever do any online stuff? Do you like creative? Well, I made a YouTube channel, but it wasn't that good. No? No. What'd you do what kind of videos? What'd you show people? Yeah. Well, I made a video about a car, like the specs of a car. Yeah. It didn't turn out that good. So I just start stopped doing it. That sounds like a I good vlog. Yeah, it sounds like there is. I don't sounds like a good one. A lot of people like cars. Is that kind of one of your passions too, is cars? Um, I like cars but I don't have but I don't, I'm not, like, interested in buying them or whatever. No. Like, looking at them, researching them. 
Well, I like watching them drive by on the street when I'm driving in the car. In the car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can you can you name what it is and what year it is and what kind of motor it has just from looking at it? No, but I'm pretty good with brands, and, and unless it's one of the newer ones, because of a lot of the newer cars look the same. Yeah, it's so true. They do. <laughs> I have a kind I of have new a car, and uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You. I was going to say my car, I see it's like an SUV car, and so I see all these SUVs, and I think, oh, is that like mine? No, that's not the same make, but it looks exactly like mine. (laughs) It's got the same body with the fins and everything. Yeah, and it's a completely different car. (laughs) Yeah. And I have a minor car on the older side. Oh, nice. What kind? Do you guys think that the future of all cars are electric? Ooh. Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It's amazing what they keep coming up with, though. Yeah. Yeah, other ways. I met a woman driving a hydrogen car. And I had never seen anything like it, so I asked her about it. And um, she enjoyed explaining to me how it worked. And the only thing that comes out the back is water. But she said hydrogen is very expensive and and you have to go to another city to get it. Oh, really? But it doesn't work. How long does it last, did she say? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did she say how long? No, no, but it was a very pretty car. I I don't remember who made it though. Not not anybody like Ford. It was like a a name, a small name. Yeah. Why did you drive the hydrogen car? You did. No. Why did she drive a choose a hydrogen car? Oh me? Why didn't I buy that? I didn't even know about that one. The lady, the lady that you met, why did she choose to buy it, the lady that you met? Well, I think pollution was a big reason because it doesn't put out any, um, you know, pollution. And I think, you know, some people just like the new tech. I think that was part of it, that it's new and unusual. Nobody else has it yet. Um, but yeah. And it's a very nice car. I guess maybe it wasn't too expensive of a car. I, I don't really know. If I remembered the name of it, I could look it up, but I can't remember that. I don't think get the phone number again. There's another one. Let, let me give the phone number again for guests to call in. I hope that you do call. Yeah. The phone number is 646 595 Two one one eight. Again, six four six five nine five two one one eight. Please give us a call, and you can participate with us if you want to, and you can ask questions and make comments about your creativity and what inspires you, and maybe how creativity helps you in your life as a survivor. Um, give us a call, 646-595-2118. Okay. 
There's someone calling. Isn't that wonderful? Will you get that person tuned? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, that's just great. We have another caller, so we'll look forward to that person coming on. Um, Our topic, again, is creativity and inspiration among survivors. And um, let's see. I was going to talk about, oh, yeah, I went to visit my granddaughter, and she taught me how to make friendship bracelets. And I'm kind of addicted to it now. I really like the little threads, and it's kind of like braiding, and it's all different colors, and then it's a bracelet you can wear. So that's another creative outlet I have. I have too many creative outlets. For my birthday, I got myself an easel. A portable one, so I can fold it up and take it to my backyard and set it up. And um, but I haven't painted on it yet because I've been too too kind of busy with other things. However, I I was doing some um, some um, watercolor painting in a book. I just did it on my lap, so I didn't stand up and you know make a big deal out of it. So yeah, I like. I like painting. Drawing I'm not good at because I never learned it in school, but I got a book called something like Learn to Draw for Absolute Beginners or something, and it has me doing shapes. So I'm practicing squares and cubes and things like that. And uh, it's amazing to me because I'm just amazed. Wow, that looks like a real ball because I learned how to make it look like a real ball. All right, we have Judy with us tonight. Well, well she's just Judy. kind of listening. She's kind of listening right now, but she might okay here if she gets inspired. <laughs> okay, great. Welcome, Judy. Okay. Becky, so what about the ball? What did I miss? Turn. Oh, is it? <laughs> Which, what kind of ball do you make, you said? What kind of ball did what I were you What were you just saying when I came back? Oh, oh, I was talking about friendship bracelets that my granddaughter told me oh. um, how to make. Oh, fun. They're really fun. That's neat. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I just turn the she? TV on and do it. Yeah. How old is she? Sixteen. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, she's big. Junior in high school, wow. visiting colleges already. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah, she's grown. <laughs> I just got to spend two gone. weeks with her. I know. She wants to go back east, too. I was hoping she would come out to California, where I am. But, no, she plans to stay close to home. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you got some time with her. That's nice. Yeah, she enjoyed teaching me. Yeah, got to learn something new, and that's always fun, too. And I send her pictures yeah, I, of, my, um, did of my bracelets. Yeah? <laughs> she approved? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's cute. So, Kim, do you have other yeah. other creative activities? Well, I was when you when I got back on, I thought you said something about a ball, and so then it made me think of something else that I like to do, but I don't do it a whole lot either. Um, have any of you seen? There, it's a Christmas ball. It's made out of plastic cups, and you put the lights in, like I punch holes at the end of the cup, and then there's a certain order that you have to put them in to be able to make a ball, you know, because you've got to make the two sides and then put all the string the lights in and then put them together. Uh-huh. And my grandma, my grandma taught me how to do that probably 25 years ago or so, uh-huh. and we're making, so I used to make them for all the family back then but I haven't really since. But I had, my mom had broken, and um, I made her one that I was going to give her for Christmas, and then she passed away on December 13th. So I didn't get it to her, but I had it in my, it's still downstairs in my family room. And actually, I think he had to turn it off, but I I had it going. I never, you know, I, I just haven't taken it down for 20 years. It's still down there, the one that I was going to give her. And um, wow. and so, yeah, that was interesting. I let, They're so neat, you know, and now I think you can buy them where they look exactly the same, but they're store-bought. I'm like, there's a difference. You know, there's something about yeah. having handmade stuff that I think is really just fun and unique and probably a little more old-fashioned. <laughs> probably dating us, right? Yeah. <laughs> For me, the I, fun is yeah, always in the making. Not not the yeah. not the result. The fun is in the making of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and then so I'm having a hard time picturing. I, I, will you send me a picture sometimes on text of of what sure. you're describing that you made? Because I can't picture it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I could find that. The one that's been hanging up in my family room down there is um, pretty old and dusty. I could try to take a picture of it. I don't know how it turned turn out, but I could try. <laughs> but I have. Don't worry about the dust. <laughs> about two years ago, I bought some chasing lights on Amazon because I can't find yeah. chasing lights in the store anymore. There's, like, ones that do a couple blinking stuff, but... To have a different different levels of chasing life, I haven't seen them in the stores for a couple of years now. So I bought three of those because I wanted to make three balls to put on my porch, and I still haven't done it. But I have all the supplies to do it. I just have to do it. So it's been a while, but yeah, I'll have to see if I can get some kind of picture up and get it to you. Yeah. But, but yeah. That would be, cool. be cool if we would exchange pictures of our art. Yeah. I send it's kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see it. That would be fun. You know, there's another creative thing I do that I forgot about because I don't have a list written down. I write and perform monologues in costume of historical women. And I only do it at this one 
performance space once a month, and I've done like five different women. And this month, because it's Halloween, I'm doing Lizzie Borden, who, if you don't know, was a a famous Victorian-era murderess. And yeah. Yeah. part of American, you know, culture. So I'm doing her. Yeah. Good. I've done Annie Oakley, and I did Ms. Claus. <laughs> she had a lot to say about Santa. <laughs> oh, did she? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I did Emperor Wu. Because Emperor Wu was a woman in China, and uh, she was a very powerful emperor and, and did a lot of great things. She also killed a lot of people. Yeah. So who else did I do? I don't, can't think of it. Oh, yeah, Betsy Ross. I did Betsy Ross. So... One of these days I'm going to film myself doing it and, and put them on YouTube. But so far all I've done is just a live show <laughs> once a month, just a one-time deal, you know. But I have a, a closet wow. full of costumes. <laughs> Band is in sight. Now it's time your after ball is like. Oh, what was fun. that, Judy? Was that, was that Judy speaking? No, I think it was. No, I, I guess not. I was. <laughs> I was searching. I was going to see if there was something online that had anything about the Christmas balls that I make, but it looks like they're making them out of wire now. Something else came up, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I didn't have it on mute, and so it was speaking. Oh, so it talked. I apologize. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. 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 Well. They didn't have them, but, we, yeah. Maybe we should we should talk about being survivors and how creativity helps us because we're survivors. And I'll start because the creativity that brought me to where I am today was writing my story. Because I used to be a person who could not talk on the phone who hid in the house. I'd go to work. I'd come home, hide in the house. I had no friends. and I was just a complete hermit, except I had to work for a living and I had children. But other than that, (laughs) um, and now I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I do that all the time. No, you were talking about (laughs) you used to be a hermit. You didn't get out or anything. You just... Did your job yes, and your, I was. Did what your kids did. And yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. And then the the way I got out of it was writing my story and publishing it. Because, well, that started my getting out of it. Because once I put it under my name, there was no more secret. It was out there. And that just relieved a whole bunch of shame and fear. Because that, of course, was what I was always ashamed and afraid of, was that someone would find out. So now everybody knows, and I have no shame or fear. It took me years to do that. First I wrote, first I wrote a little poem. Then I wrote a little story. Then I wrote a, 
a, a theatrical play. Yeah, that's what I wrote third, theatrical play. Then from there, I wrote a screenplay. And then from there, I turned it into a novel. So it took a long time to come up with a novel. But it is uh, it is out there, and there's even an audio version of it. I read it myself, so that was fun. But yeah, that to to write your own story, even if you're not going to publish it or anything, just to get it out of your head and put it on paper and look at it objectively, that was so healing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. I'm getting a lot of backlash, which I guess I didn't realize would be so much, but... I think I'm not, I don't regret doing it at all. I don't regret telling my story the first time on NASCA or, you know, what I, I didn't go through that process. That's probably a really good process to tell people who are struggling to get started in the writing world. However, I, my son wanted me to start with blogs and I didn't really get there. The way that I got my story together was, um, well, these two collaborative books that I did, and it was kind of, there was a time frame, so I had to get it done, and I'd already, you know, paid some money, too, to be in the book, so it was kind of like, okay, I've got to really do this, but writing's never been something that I enjoy, even though I think about it a lot. <laughs> I think about wanting to enjoy it. Does that make sense? That's a, that's a lot of thinking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to enjoy. Like you know, it's work. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's mental effort. Writing is a lot of mental effort. That's why I went out and got a physical job. I didn't want any job that made me think. I wanted to use my muscles, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, in case yeah. anybody doesn't know, I've just got a job, and I'm doing estate sales for my job which is very physical. Really fun. And that's amazing because I used to hide in my house and I didn't talk to people, and now I'm talking to maybe 100 people in an afternoon at an estate sale and saying, hello, my name is Annie, how are you doing? You know, making small talk and stuff. It's really amazing. If you would have seen me before, I was so... Mentally ill, really. Not that I'm not now, but I was so had so much anxiety back then, so much depression. Wow. And I can say there is hope. There's totally hope to be better. You can get better. Yeah. Well, it's like I tell my kids, you can do anything you want. You just have to put your mind to it. And sometimes once you... When you start to put your mind to things, if it feels overwhelmed, then you won't even start that process. So it's kind of pushing through that, knowing that you can do it, and there's going to be something better on the other side. And going along yeah. with your new job of, um, you know, doing the estate sales, I am. I just got a job at an antique shop. Kind wow. of you know, flows together there. So yeah. I'm really excited about that, too. And it's not a lot of 
time, but it's just like eight hours a week. But I'm excited to see, you know, just to get out, like you said, because I think I am more like you probably. I'm I'm happy just to be in my home and (laughs) not go anywhere if I don't have to. But I think it'll be good for me to to meet some people and learn some things because I've always had a fascination. My husband never liked antiques, so I couldn't really get them. But I've always really thought it was, you know, there's some really neat pieces. And this lady only gets all of her stuff in her store from France. It's all shipped over from France. She doesn't get anything from the United States. Really? Does she go over yeah, there to buy all these? She does, but she also has, you know, like dealers that she works with, you know, and oh. she can probably just look at them and decide what she wants. I mean, there's some beautiful stuff. She's a really neat lady, and what I I liked a lot about her when I met her, but um, she told me that she doesn't believe in selling, that people will come in, and if they connect with a piece for whatever reason, then they can have it. If they don't connect with it, I don't push it at all. This is their journey, and she's like, everybody usually comes in with a story, too. So you've got to kind of listen mm-hmm. to people and, you know, listen to their story and, you know, about their great-great-grandma and all this, you know, what they're looking for or they see something that reminds them. So she, she thinks of it a little bit as, you know, counseling almost, hopefully not a lot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just being in that space with those people and not pushing them to buy anything. And she must do, mm-hmm. I mean, she does really well with them. But um, she also is, likes to have kids in the store. Because she goes, there's oh. a, there was an old, there's an antique cradle, and it has all these stuffed animals in it. And there's a, like a little Victorian bench or a couch, but in a child size, you know, it's really pretty. Oh. And, um, and so they can play, you know, they can sit on the couch and play with those animals or they can, you know, hold the animals while they walk around. But she said, I don't want kids to feel like they can't come in because I want them to be to like antiques and to, you know, want to get to know about them and stuff. And so, and I'm looking around at all the people going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> really? Okay. Oh. Just direct them to the stuffed animals. <laughs> So that's really neat. I really, I just feel like she has such a good heart and, you know, her, I don't want to sell either. That's not my personality. So Mm -hmm. to be able to just welcome people and, you know, not, not be pushy, I appreciate that a lot. So, yeah, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. I start next week. Next Tuesday. Yay. Congratulations. (laughs) That's great. Thank you yeah, it'll get me I out. I see Philip wants to wants to comment. Philip, would you like to comment on anything we've been talking about or anything at all? Well, I feel like talking, but I can't think of anything to say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I understand. Sometimes I can think of something to say and then I forgot what it was. Oh, really? <laughs> I I write notes while we're talking on the radio so that I can remember what everybody said, because otherwise it just leaves my little brain. 
Yeah, I forget no? a lot of things, too. So, Philip, what do you do to make yourself feel better as a survivor? I go to NA meetings and I do the talk radio show. Nice. Those are two great uh, great activities. You probably do a lot of talking at your meetings, right? Yes. Yeah, that's nice. I've been to uh, 12-step meetings for years for survivors of child abuse. They have 12-step meetings for that. And uh, I don't do that anymore. I quit going to the meetings about seven years ago, and it was because I felt like I didn't need that particular kind of healing. It just didn't, it just wasn't advancing me anymore, I didn't think. And I have found other um, ways to be with survivors instead of in those meetings. And so, but I, I recommend them to anyone who hasn't gotten together with other people who are survivors. There are, there's other, other meetings too that aren't 12 step. I just happen to know that there are 12 step ones, but I'm pretty sure I went to one. Um, wish I could remember the name, but I can't, but it was a 12 step non-denominational, I mean, it was a non 12 step non-denominational peer to peer meeting for survivors of child abuse. I'm sure if you Google it, anybody who's interested in these groups, just Google it and and you will find them. Um, And some of them are on the telephone. There are telephone meetings. I really liked those because it's an effort to get up and get dressed and go out, especially if you have anxiety. And so yeah. I like the phone meetings because I could just sit at home and do it. And, and you don't have to talk. They don't even know you're there. You just listen. I'm with you. I like them too. But that's the introverts in us, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. They're introverted. Yes, I love that COVID gave us more Zoom. Ability. Because I, know, I wasn't even yeah. able, I wasn't able to teach my curriculum on Zoom before the pandemic. I had to, what I was teaching had to all be in person. And then oh. over the pandemic, they switched it so that we could do it online as well. But yeah, it used to only be in person. So now I feel like I reach a lot more people. I get a lot of people from out of state, you know, that'll sign up for my classes. So. I'd like to hear about your classes. What do you teach online? Oh, so I teach um, Darkness to Life Stewards of Children, which is a curriculum for adults. It's a two-hour program that I um, – well, it's actually going to two and a half hours. I usually book two and a half hours when I teach – but then we have a new curriculum coming out in December, and that one is two and a half hours. Um, and so what we do is we teach adults how to um, recognize, react, and respond appropriately to child sexual abuse. So, you know, the reaction part is 
you know, a lot of times kids that will take back what they had, you know, confessed was going on, and they'll say, oh, no, no, it didn't happen, I lied. A lot of times that's because of a reaction that they're getting from whoever they decided to trust. And that person, you know, said, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, that can happen, or, you know, I'm going to go kill that person. Or So somehow they felt really threatened when they told that person mm. about their story. And so we need to be ready, you know, just like, you know, if, you, if your child breaks their arm, you know what you have to do. You have to go to the emergency room. You know kind of the steps. You have to try and keep it still till you get there. It's kind of the same thing that adults need to really start taking responsibility for because it is their responsibility to keep the kids safe. And um, so your reaction makes a big difference in how they, they're able to heal. Um, then response is, you know, what, what are you going to do next? Who do you call? And we always recommend that you call the child, um, the CDC child. Um, uh, see, I just lost my, my thing, too. But, um, you know, Child Protective Services. You call the um, Advocacy Center. That's what I'm trying to say. Call the Child Advocacy Center and um, CAC. And because they know how to interview a child if they are, you know, coming out with what's happened, they'll interview the child, and then they will be able to pass that on to, like, the police or... Um, you know, whoever else needs to know the court, whoever else needs to know that child's story, it will be passed on through the Child Advocacy Center. So if you call, you know, for instance, if you call the police, unfortunately, you know, that child is then going to have to tell their story many times because the police aren't trained to talk to the child and get their forensic interview, and you need somebody who's trained to be able to put that down on paper to present to the court. So if you, you know, if you ever get in that situation where a child comes to you, try and find the closest child advocacy center to you because that they will be able to help that child with the interviews. And, um, and you know, then also getting the support that you need, and I think that's a big part of what I teach too is, we all need to be starting, we all need to be doing this. Like I said, well, children don't know how to watch out for themselves. And as we hear on NASA all the time, we hear people's stories that they didn't even know what was happening at the time. So it's, you know, unrealistic for us to tell a child of any age, really, to tell, unless we have educated them in some way and we've educated ourselves to be able to talk to the child so that they, you know, know how to proper, properly say no to that person. And um, because we spend so much time telling our children that they have to obey adults. So being able to give them that power, uh, if you don't feel comfortable, you can say no. And, um, and then I'm going to be here. So also knowing, noticing their behavior changes. We talk a lot about that. It, and I do a lot, I go into a lot of preschools to do this curriculum. So I, I'll go in and I'll educate the staff. And then sometimes they'll have me back to do a class for the adults as well. And, um, and I, 
when I do classes in Colorado, I have money from the Colorado Department of Early Childhood Education. So we've had a grant that, that we've had for the last six, seven years almost. And um, so as long as there are 10 more or more people, I can offer them this grant, and that's most of the preschools that I go into. And I can do it online as well. But when I go in person, the grant covers like a light meal, and they cover babysitting if I do a parent night. And um, so they're very generous with just trying to get people in to learn more about this curriculum because it's important. And um, we've, we've kind of brushed it off on the kids for too long. It's time that we really take that responsibility back and, you know, be advocate for our kids because they don't know what's going on. And, you know, teaching them body safety is the big thing. Knowing the body, that their body is theirs. So I also recommend books, body safety books for kids. I'll usually give everybody a list of that. And then in Colorado, I give everybody a a list of, um, like, you know, all of the CDCs or CACs, I mean, in Colorado. so I give everybody a sheet that has all of those emergency numbers on it so that people are ready if something happened. And I've gone into a couple other schools. I, I was even over at Columbine one night, and I had a few people. It wasn't – the vice principal didn't quite tell as many people as he told me he would, but, um, <laughs> but I'm finding that over the years it's been – the majority has been preschool. And I think a lot of younger parents want to know more. They want to be educated. They don't want to be blindsided, you know, by something happening. So it's mm-hmm. that's encouraging too to to know that they want to know how to how to stop this or how to protect them. So yeah, that's what I do. Two-hour class, and then I also do I also educate all, an all-day class to um, to certify facilitators. So I'm an instructor as well as a facilitator. So, yeah, I can um, a couple times, like four times a year or so, I have an all-day facilitator class that I do. And and since COVID, we can do those online, too. We couldn't do those online before. And so that's what I do the most part is I, I do them online now because, I can get so many more people to my class, you know, from different states when I do them online. So I can you do them online, not live, but like already recorded, like so that you don't have to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are on their website on Darkness to Light's website. It's D two L, the letter D, the number two, the letter L. dot org their website and you go on there and the main curriculum on there because there's a lot of different stuff on there that we can do a lot of different curriculums but the main one that we want you to start with is the stewards of children and it's the two-hour class right now you can and it's ten dollars online right now I would suggest to do it right now because once the new year comes around it's going to be like double the cost with the new curriculum, you know, they have to pay for the new curriculum. So um, if, you're, if you're interested, I mean, just, you know, $10 isn't very much. And you can take it online mm. and you can start and stop as well on their website. 
where with me, I need to go, you know, the full two hours all in one. Uh-huh. But um, if you go on, if you go online, you can do it at your own pace Ooh. for ten dollars. So, yeah, and there's all different other things in there too that we do. I um, I also I'm also certified, although I haven't done a class yet, to do a, a curriculum with kids. And I don't, but I don't have grant money for that, and I haven't really gotten schools interested enough to be able to, and, and have the funding to be able to pay for it. So um, right. it's a little bit harder to get that, although, you know, all the schools should be having more of this stuff in their schools and available to the parents and the kids, because that's what Aaron's Law was all about. Right. Is having the curriculum, I mean, our teaching, having that available to the community. We need to send so, it to every single school in America. We'll just send yeah. that online course to them. Who will do that but for see, us? somehow they're getting out. Any volunteers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who wants to start shipping out? No. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I am surprised at times because, like I said, I have a grant. It doesn't cost them a penny. All it costs is a couple hours of their time. And kind of sometimes they just are like, nope, we can't have it. Nope, we can't do it. You know. Oh. Hmm. Who was that? Was that? That was Annie? me, Judy. I would be oh, interested. Hi, Judy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go on their website at d2l.org. I have, if you're interested in doing it with me online, um, I actually have a class coming up October 26th that I know I have, I have somebody else. Yeah, and that's on Zoom. So all you need to do is just contact me, and I'll um, give you the Zoom link. And um, I'll do that. And I just do I do those classes online like twice a month. I'll just schedule them, and if nobody signs up, then I can just cancel them. But if even one person signs up, I do the class because it's important get this information out there. And one person is just as important as a class of ten. You know where I get my grant money. So I've been, yeah. you know, trying to be more available in that way since Zoom, especially. But I did those classes as well at the library before the pandemic. And um, oh. those I would charge, though, I would charge a little bit more for because it was me lugging everything over there. And and when you're in person, you get an in-person uh, workbook. And... Um, when you're right. online, you'll get a virtual. You'll get a virtual one anyway. Still, so, but we don't get mm-hmm. to all of those questions because it's, you know it takes a long time. So I just ask people to to go back through the book, and you can use it as your, you know, your personal reference in the future. And um, and also just so you know, Judy, and anybody else who's interested in listening, it it can be hard, but I found personally, for me, it was healing. It's healing for me to go out and do these classes, too, because it's not about me. It's about other, you know, and there's other people's testimonies that are on this the video that we show, and half, about half of the time is the video, and the other half is us discussing and debriefing and asking questions and filling out a few questions in the book. And um, and so it's it's a, a real good mixture of 
professionals as well on the video and the and the survivors and then the workbook. It's all well together. And the other thing that I kind of forget sometimes is um, it's worth two continuing education credit hours too. So if you are a licensed counselor or doctor or nurse, um, and then some school districts, most school districts probably in the would, I would think in our country would do it, but um, there's a lot of different states that provide this. So um, you probably could find something within your area. And um, mm -hmm. and they accept the two continuing education credits as well, but it has to, I think it has to go through like the school board or something. Um, so, and Darkness to Light has been really good about working with us too because like one specific preschool needed to have something specific on the certificate. And so I just tell Darkness to Light this is what they need to be able to get their credits and they just change the certificate for me and send it back and then I can fill them out. So they're really good about working with people because we want people to be able to get those credits if that's what you need, you know, if you need that for whatever. But um, it's a really easy way Thank you. to do this, to get that. But yeah, you can, um, I am on, like, why don't you just send me an email. To, you want to give um, your email address? Um, I, I've, yeah. I've seen you like on on Facebook too, and so yeah. Um, yeah. I can and I yeah. the list of names on on the NASCA website. So can I yes. like contact you through okay. that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Yeah, I've talked about it before. I was on not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. I think, maybe it's a month. I don't know the week all run together, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I I had a, a program that I came in and I just talked all about it recently, and um, and there's so much within their website, so it's really hard to even go through everything that they do, but um, just so everybody knows too that that darkness to life and with those two continuing education credit hours. Um, you know, they've had to do all of this extensive testing and evaluations, and they've gotten all these awards and stuff. So they're the only accredited um, child sexual abuse prevention program that's out there. There's a lot of other ones that are out there, but they don't give you that those credits. So um, they have to do a lot of work to be able to get those credits, you know. I, imagine. Mm -hmm. I didn't even imagine, but, <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's a it's a amazing program it really is and everyone will, who takes it walks away if you hadn't been touched by abuse in any way you have a better understanding of survivors mm -hmm. and you know their how they react about certain things and and I think that's where it was really healing for me as I was like there's other people exactly like me and they think kind of like me <laughs> and, you mm -hmm. know so it's, it was healing for me to, to be able to do that. And then when I go out, it's not about my story at all, because it's just about mm -hmm. the curriculum. So that's why they're even more, I think, even more empowering when I'm able to go and do these classes. So that I, yeah. I, it feels good. 
<laughs> it's always nice to have a job that you feel good at and you like, and, and I am. I'm passionate about that. So it's fun. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you, Judy. Oh, thank you, Kim. I have a question, Kim. Yeah, sure. Can you can you do your training on the radio? No. Well, no. I could. Well, it's two hours long for one. I mean, and we can break it up. I'm just not sure people get it. You know, get as much out of it. I just need to know really who is on the that call or, you know, who would be on with me, I guess we could try and figure it out somehow if, if it, you know, because I could yes, as long as I knew who was listening. Yeah. And then who wasn't, whoever was just listening that doesn't want the credits, of course, you know, you'll get that information, which is pretty good too. Um, and then I just have to figure out, yeah, I just have to do a little logistics, but we could think about it. I think after my son's it's wedding. a good idea. I I want to see. I want to learn and be trained, and and you know, for a night when there's no guests, or maybe two nights when there's no guests, um, we could do it. I'm all for it. Yeah, that's an idea. I hadn't even thought about it. So, yeah, let me let me think a little more about it. I can guarantee, though. Okay. I probably won't think much about it until next week after my son's wedding because I'm right in the thick of wedding yes. mode. So <laughs> his wedding is on Sunday. And then um Oh congratulations that. mom. Oh thank you. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited for him. He's is that your only child? Last one. No, he's my last. So I have two daughters oh. and then I have him and then my son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually already got married because um, my son is gay. He didn't come out until he was 18, and neither did his partner. So it's almost kind of a new, I think it's still kind of new to the family and, and everything, too. He'll be 25 a couple of days after they get married. But um, they went in June and got their marriage license because, you know, it's Pride Month in June, and it had a really cool holograph emblem on it. And so they wanted Ooh. to do that. So they had met in their first, like their first date was in June. And um, so they decided to go sign their marriage certificate so they could have that special one back in June. And then um, this is the celebration. And the Jewish, I guess, um, ceremony as well because he's my son my other son-in-law is Jewish so um mm-hmm. they're going to do that Jewish ceremony and and the regular one I don't know what they're doing for sure but um but they're technically already married because they did that in June, yeah. which I think a, a yeah. lot of people do and I they're right. very happy that they did because my son has a mother-in-law from hell and I feel really bad for him I'm really going to be happy when I don't have to deal with her much. <laughs> but um, she's really bad. She's so bad. It's been, it shouldn't be this hard. I, I thought, you know, going into planning a wedding for two guys, it shouldn't be too hard. It's not them. It's her that is the problem. Mm-hmm. So they can't really make a decision because 
she has an opinion about everything, and she changes just about every decision we make. So there's a few things that I kind of really fought for that they wanted, and, um, you know, and she's just going to have to deal with it on Sunday. Mm -hmm. She completely changed their centerpiece and what they wanted, and um, so I'm going to do a few of the centerpieces that they wanted and put them, like, by the gift table and put you know, by the cake table or whatever, do them a little bit different Mm -hmm. so that they get what they want because it's really... I think more about her wedding. It's not about theirs. It's about her. And they've already mm-hmm. recognized that. So they're glad that they went and got, you know, signed their marriage certificate early. They're like, that was what was more meaningful. This is just becoming a pain, really. And it's kind of sad what is such a pain. You should have fun getting ready for it. I'm sure they'll enjoy it when it sure. comes down to yeah. it. It's going to be Yeah, great. I think they will, too. Well, and they're leaving from the the wedding to go to, they'll be on the plane, and they'll be in Iceland that same night for the wedding, Iceland. Sunday night. And then, wow. yeah, they're going to spend a couple of days in Iceland, and then they're going to go over to Italy. My son, wow. I mean, he's probably 75% Italian. And, um, oh, really? My, my husband, yeah, my mom, his, his family is Italian, so... So, yeah, I, they're, gonna, they're excited about that. That's what I'm hearing more about, the excitement is, because I think the mother-in-law has just kind of been a pain in the ass. So, anyway. <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah, we will have fun anyway. I know it'll be fun. And I made yeah. the plaques like I was talking about, so I just made them a plaque. And her, her colors are orange and purple, so they're... It almost at times looks Halloween-ish, so I'm, you know, doing the flowers and the ribbons and bows and stuff. I'm like, how do I make it not look Halloween? So, that's an old bit of a, a challenge. Well, it's Halloween fun. time. <laughs> I know, it is. <laughs> I'm like, Brian, you've got to stop doing, you know, things in, in October if you don't want it to be Halloween because... That's when his birthday is, and now his wedding's going to be in October. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He'll be 25, like, three days after these. Oh. Yeah. So he'll be a nice fun one for his birthday. So, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. Just like I think a lot of weddings, you get to this point, and you're just like, can I get it over with? I find myself staying up until 3 o'clock in the morning. It's not good because then no. I can't function as good the next day. But but I get right. kind of a second wind at night for some reason. I, I'm more of a night person than a, a morning person. So about mm-hmm. 11 o'clock, I start to get a second wind, and then I'm doing things way too late into the night. Do you wow. stay up late? You're late night. I don't. I go to bed at 8 o'clock. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I get up usually around 4. I like the early morning. Early morning. But sometimes I sleep till 7. I sleep, you know, I sleep a long time. That job, you know, is so physical. I think it makes me sleep more. Yeah. Yeah. 
I find that too. When I do more during the day, you know, get out more than I sleep, better, tired. Yeah. What about you, Philip? Are you a morning person or night person? Are you there, Philip? Yeah, um, I'm sleeping pretty late. Yeah, you're not a morning person. (laughs) No, I was never a morning person. You stay up late at night? You stay up? Yeah. For the past year, I've been valuing getting to bed early, but sometimes I do end up staying until like 1 o'clock. Right. That's not too bad. <laughs> what about you, Kim? Yeah, that's better than me because I've been up until like three or four the, the last couple weeks in the morning. And I just get a second wind and I start doing wedding stuff. And, uh, and then about one o'clock I go, oh, I should really go to bed. I'm tired. And then I just keep going. I'm like, oh, I really should go to bed. <laughs> and then I keep going, you know, it's like, this is last thing. Just let me do this last thing. So, yeah, I fight myself. You must enjoy it. I, I try not to do that a whole lot. But, <laughs> no, I probably, it depends on when I go to sleep. How Usually my average time would be like 7.38, maybe. That's probably my normal time. So you only get four hours of sleep? Well, not when I no. The other night when I was up till four o'clock, I was I slept till like eleven, like after eleven. Yeah, I slept for a while. <laughs> I needed I have always needed more sleep than just a couple hours. So if I stay up, I kind of got to sleep in or not stay up that late. I get grumpy and irritated. One of those people that need a Snickers bar. <laughs> I get grumpy. Oh, okay. I have a question for you, Kim. Yeah. Go ahead. Kim, I have a question. Sure. Oh, it is... What? Who is the CAC? Is that a national organization or a local one or a nonprofit? What is it? Advocacy Center. So everybody advocacy. should have a Children's Advocacy Center. Yeah, Children's Advocacy Center. And so you um, have one in every town? Yeah, you should have one in every town. You just look up okay. Children's Advocacy Center. And see what you, yeah, see what pops up. Um, you could also call, I mean, if you can't, if you're not finding something that says, you know, CAC, you could also call, like, um, social services and, and tell them what you're looking for. Tell them I'm looking for something that's similar to that. Do you have anything that you guys do? So, um, or available that's similar to that. And it may just be... Yeah, it depends on how probably how small your town is. But several of them, I can look at my sheet that says, let's see how many I have on my 
I can send out. You know what I can do? I can put on NASCA, but I better write it down or I'll forget. I can put on NASCA's website the national um, the national hotline. So I do that okay. a lot of times on Zoom. I'll just send out the national hotline that are available, and um, I'll post that. I'll post that. Can can you I'll tell us post. that number like, now? So, um, so I also have, I don't know if anybody follows me on um, Soar on Eagle's Wings, so that's kind of my um, business name, <laughs> and um on there every night I post and then it goes on to so Philip's probably seen it too on onto my um, Instagram like emergency numbers so I do those every every month I'll just schedule them for the whole month and those have all of the emergency numbers so if you're you know ever needing it quickly go on to Barnacles and too but the National Human Trafficking Hotline I have on here, and that number is one eight hundred. Yeah, 800. and I'll I'll go down, I'll go down the list here. So this is the traffic national trafficking resource hotline. Hold on, I gotta get a drink real quick. Ready to call? So okay, so that's one eight hundred three three seven three so it's one eight hundred three seven three seven eight eight eight. And then um, Darkness Delight has a sexual abuse hotline that they have open twenty four hours a day as well. And that's um one eight six six three six seven five four four four. So that's the um, sexual abuse hotline with darkness to light, and that's one eight six six three six seven five four four four. Then the national child abuse hotline, which is basically what I was talking about, and they might even be able to tell you where some of the, the CDC CIC centers are. Um, but that's one eight hundred four. Excuse. Well, they have four a child, but it's um, 1-800-442-4453. That's the, the National Child Abuse Hotline. That's 1-800-442-4453. And then I have the National Suicide Hotline as well which um, a lot of you may have already heard is, is 988. You can dial anywhere in the United States, 988, and um, that will take you directly to the suicide hotline. Or you can dial 1-800-273-8255. And that's the suicide hotline, which is one 800 273 8255. And so those are a few of the numbers that I, I give out. 
That's wonderful. What age are the resources? Are these phone numbers available on on the NASCAR site? Do you know these phone numbers? Uh, I think it's I don't know. I don't see exactly what he's talking about now. I don't know. I'm about ready to help them redo the website here, so I'll know exactly everything that's on it here in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, that um, would be great if we yeah, had, a, like, a page with all the emergency child abuse websites and, and, like, phone yeah. numbers. Yeah. Luckily, there are several. Yeah. Well, yeah, and there, there's, let's see if there's anything... No, I don't see anything. Here, I typed in emergency numbers on NASCA's website. I was looking at NASCA's website. Uh-huh. Maybe that's a good question. Yeah, we'll have to ask Bill, and if not, think about putting it down. <laughs> putting no. them down, like you said. That was not a bad idea. The website, and by I know the way. That they, yeah, go ahead. Okay, the website is nasca.org, and that's N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, A as in Apple, S as in Sam, C as in Cat, A as in Apple, dot org. That was hard to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. Sometimes it's hard. Um, You know what? They have support groups on NASCA. I think some of you have attended their support groups. Oh, I know Carol does it. When is it? Resources? Where is it under? I'm looking here. So they've got some signs. So on NASA's page, they've got um, some, like, different resources. If you go into the resources page, they've got some different articles here and stuff that probably have some of the numbers in them, but I don't see specifically the numbers standing out. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they've got a parent's guide, which has, oh, okay, here's something. So on NASCA's resource page, they've got child help find info. They've got the child abuse and neglect, um, recognizing signs. So they've got a few things on here. It's not a – the child health info, I think, is a phone number you can call. I'm not sure about all of these. Some of these numbers are the website, or some of these are the websites. And so, um, like, the child welfare information gateway he's got on here. I'm not sure what that is exactly, but growing Hmm. up in a dysfunctional family – so, yeah, there's some resources on here. And then, like I said, I know that um, Carol leads some recovery groups. And I'd have to, where are they? Were you going to say something else, Annie? No, I was waiting to hear when the groups are. I've never oh. been to one. Yeah, one of NASCAR's, you mean? Yeah, the NASCA ones, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know, and I'm not sure. I'm not finding them where else. Okay, that's all right. Contact your joiner, maybe. Yeah, all of our fingers in there. 
I know. Also, there's a really young picture of Bill on there. <laughs> but that's not what he looks like. He's, he looks a little different. But um, yeah. So that on uh, contact. If you go into contact us, it's got. That's where it has all of the information to get a hold of us, like G was talking about. Mm-hmm. They've got that on the NASA website. And then they've got I know they're going to try and get the newsletter back. I know somebody was going to try and do it. but Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where her schedule But you know what? You can call Carol or search on the website and find when their support groups are. I think one of them's like Thursday during the day. I know that for if if any men are looking for something, I know that Bob, um, he's on our show a lot. Now I'm going to not, not think of his last name, but um, he's from Australia. He's got a little Australian accent, and he mm-hmm. does a men's support group, I know, also, that he just started. He just started that men's support group. So mm-hmm. there's some other resources out here, and I know, yeah. But I don't know where where it is because it's not popping up for me. But Carol would Carol could tell you all the dates and times and everything. Yeah. She leaves one or two of them. I think Victoria mm-hmm. might be on one of them as well. So, yeah, there's some usual. And somebody will listen to this call and then they'll go, "Well, so <laughs> this is where it is," and then we'll know. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Probably Carol. I'm going. I'm going to mention. We have a few minutes left in our show, but I'll just mention that this radio show, Stop Child Abuse Now, abbreviated SCAM, um, is on five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, an hour and a half show, and we have. Um, we have special guest shows. We have survivor professional shows. We have people just calling and telling their stories. And um, we hope that you will call. You can call us directly here at the radio show, or you can go on the website and, and call the NASCAR phone number. I don't know what it is. But here on the website, I've been mean, here on the radio, if you want to call us in the last couple minutes, the, radio, the number is 646-595-2118. And I think I'd like to check in with Judy. Would you like to say anything, Judy? Um, yep. Hello. <laughs> I'm listening. Just hello. Um, well, hello to you. I just, I just like listening to your shows. And... Um, a lot of times I don't call. I just well, I've only called once before, but um, I just like to hear what everybody has to say. Right. Well, I'm really glad that you joined us. We like to have callers. And how about you, Philip? Is there anything else you'd like to say this evening? We have six more minutes. No, I don't have anything to say. Okay. Well, Kim, do you have anything more to say? I don't, 
record though it was. Um, no, I guess it's it is amazing to me how we can always not have a subject and we can just talk right through the whole show. So I think we did good. <laughs> I think we did but too. Thank you. Yeah. You know, one time yeah, nobody already... came on but me. I was the only one on the show one time, and I talked for an hour and oh. a half. I can't believe I did that. I wouldn't want to do it again, but I did it. No one called yeah. in, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's funny. And you didn't have a co-host, huh? No co-host. No, either. it was just me. So I told my oh, story. Funny. That's what I did. I just told my story. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been on, Judy? Have you been on our show? To tell, you haven't told your story? No. I haven't. Not yet. I don't know. I thought it was brave enough, but I kind of... No, not yet. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's no no problem at all. Um, the moment will come. come. You haven't... Yeah. The, when it's right, it'll come. Absolutely. And, um, Philip, you haven't told yours yet, have you? Have, I haven't missed yours. No, I haven't told it yet. Okay. Good. You'll let me know? Yeah. Okay, let me I'll know. let you know. <laughs> I know. There's no pressure at all. Just whenever you're ready. I feel like, I think my first time, though, telling my, my story on NASCA, it was with a friend, and so it was a little bit of what she wanted to, you know, wanted to talk about because, um, our, our early years, my very first sexual abuse experience was with her cousin. And um, and now she's writing a book, too. So um, she is on Facebook. Is it it's cold? Something about Sissy Hayworth. Um, her name is Sherry Wilson. If you look up Sherry Wilson on Facebook, you'll you'll see the book that she's writing and she was going to write a biography and then it kind of switched into more of the story about her sister, who she thought was her sister, but really was her cousin and um, and she passed away at 19. And so it's been kind of oh. a deep dive into her family and figuring out, you know, you know, finding certain people and talking to certain people. And she's like, I'm, I'm so glad because I always wondered what happened to her. And it's also hard, you know, to hear some of the stories that she's hearing. But, um, but she's documenting it all on Facebook. And so it's really neat. It's something about Sissy. I, I keep forgetting it. I'm, I apologize. I think it's the truth but, um, about Sissy. Is yes, it the truth there it about is. Sissy? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the truth yeah. about Sissy. That was, yeah, because she was on a week or so ago. We had her on. And so. Oh, um, I, was, I was thinking she was upcoming, you know? No. There's another gal that's on next week. Her name's Cherie. But not, yeah, not Sherry. And Cherie White. Yeah, and, and my friend is Sherry Wilson. So, yeah, they're close in, in their names. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she said she was on nine twenty five is when she was on. Okay. Yeah, number three two seven six. 
I'll repeat this scan number in case in case you ever want to listen to this show again or you want somebody else to listen to it. It is archived. All of our shows are archived. You can reach them from the website. And this one is scan number 3286, 3286. And that tells you that we have done 3,286 shows. Not me personally. Kim, have you done that many? <laughs> no. But did you know there's more than that even? Did you know that? No. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't know that either. Penelope told me one time. So, yeah, he started under a different name at first. So there's like a thousand oh. shows or so under a different name that he started. So wow. Bill's been around for a long time. He's amazing. Wow. He kept it going. And just yeah, his heart he for people and wanting to share. So, yeah. Well, we got the 90-second warning. And so I'm going to... Sign off. I'm Annie Morgis. I've been your host tonight. Been here with Kim Lakin and our and our special guests Philip and Judy who joined us tonight. And I'm going to play the song and see you tomorrow. Good night. Good night. Good night everyone.